from the campaign trail to the studio, Wesley Hunt continues the fight. Along with his brother, Rendon, they chronicle their family experience from slavery to West Point in four generations. Tackling the difficult conversations facing our country, they're on a mission to preserve the American dream. Buckle up and welcome aboard. You're in the hunt. I'm Wesley Hunt. I'm Rendon Hunt. And you're in the hunt. Well, this is our 20th episode. It has been a joy and a pleasure to do this, to begin this ride. And I tell you what, we got here pretty fast. We're building some good momentum and want to keep it up. And so in commemoration of our 20th episode, we want to talk about brotherly love and what brotherly love means and how it should be extended throughout this entire country and how we can get back to what the premises of brotherly love really are and what they mean to us. And this past week, a couple of days ago, the New York Islanders um, had a they had a hockey had a hockey game, and there was a singer that started singing the national anthem as you do traditionally before sporting events in this country. Now, as you can probably imagine, over the course of the past few years, all the contention and the back and forth over the national anthem and kneeling during the national anthem, and do you sing it and do you allow it and and Mark Cuban not doing it, then the NBA making them do it. And it's just all this stuff that was just going around our national anthem. And us even talking about what the national anthem kind of means to us and, and why we choose to stand, et cetera. Uh, this woman starts singing the national anthem, and she stopped singing because it was getting so loud, and everyone in the arena was so loud that she just put the mic out and just let – the national anthem resonate throughout the entire arena. And it literally brought me to tears when I was watching it. And it gave me a lot of hope. And that's the kind of brotherly love that we're talking about. In spite of all the strife, in spite of COVID, in spite of all the racial injustice, in spite of all that we've endured over the course of the past few years in this country, to hear thousands upon thousands of Americans singing our national anthem with pride to the point to where the singer stopped singing it and let the crowd take it, brought tears to my eyes and gave me a sense as to why we are doing this right now, literally as brothers, sharing brotherly love, and how can we continue to get our message out for episodes to come. And I can say that that was truly the only time that I've ever seen a singer put a mic out and let everybody else sing that I was happy about. Yeah. You know, normally you're at a concert. You're like, do your job. You're at a concert and they're like, it's not my all right, job. You, all right, you sing it for me. Like, no, 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 no. No, ma'am. I paid to hear. No, sir. You sing I paid to hear you sing. <laughs> no, I'm not singing with you. I paid to hear and you the only, sing. And they only want us to sing when they're catching their breath. They're tired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they've run around the stage. Yeah. And you know the is, words. You know the words. Yeah, and so do you. And so <laughs> sing it. <laughs> and I tell you, it's 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 crazy because that that moment with the Islanders – I think is a real example of what we hope to do. Yeah. Or what we, and what we hope to get to. Yeah, and, and I think to get past all this. I think what we're ca- I think what we're capable of. Because the whole purpose of this podcast now as we sit here and we're we're 20 deep now. Yeah. You know, Andrew Jackson deep if you will. There you go. There you go. Or 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 Harry Tubman. 
Ah, good point. <laughs> I mean, we'll good see. Good point. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. I mean, I I go, I'm not. I, I'm not gonna lie. It was really, it was really funny. So, give me some of them tongue mints. <laughs> some of them tongue mints. It's, it's funny. It's it was good. funny. It was funny. So yeah, we're 20 deep, and and I think that the Islanders' example is something that we would hope that we're capable of, and we're inspiring. New conversations, different conversations, Nuanced conversations, hearing things from a different perspective, hearing honesty and truth in, in a world where sometimes honesty and truth are not sought after. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy with where we've gotten early in this journey. Mm-hmm. You know, I think in many ways we've stayed true to, to what we set out to do and the conversations that, that we've set out to have. And it's been a pleasure to start that and, and really excited about where the journey goes and in the hunt. Yeah. And so I also think that what we try to convey and what, what we hope those, you the listener, are really kind of embodying is the idea of being able to have healthy conversations. You may not agree. You may not necessarily like it. But what we want to try to do is at least have enough healthy dialogue to know that we're coming from a place of love <coughs> We're coming from a place of trying to make things better. We're not trying to light people on fire. We're not trying to blow people up. We're just trying to add a different perspective that you wouldn't get or you wouldn't see from someone else. And it literally comes from a place of love. And it comes from a place of trying to find ways to heal our country (laughs) and make it a better place for the future. That's what we are trying to do here every single week. I think last week you talked about, you know, you kind of, you really touched me in a, in a very strong way. And we were just talking about like, you got, what you got sick of seeing, you know, you got, we just got sick of seeing like all the vitriol and no nuance. Plain and just, pants. And just, just, it's just plain pants, people wearing socks, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, we got, we got sick of all this normal <laughs> stuff that we were doing, you know, people wearing deodorant, you know, whatever the case might be, <laughs> you know, and, and. How can we start a platform and start a conversation, given our background, to start to like to start to heal a lot of the things that we are seeing, but to also make sure that people see us positioning ourselves from a place of just respect yeah. and integrity and not just vitriol and hatred. Oh, absolutely. And I think we've put ourselves in just such a really interesting situation because for, for all the listeners who who have supported us, who continue to subscribe, who continue to listen. Uh, you know, listen when we release, and and sometimes when we have the releases. I'll have conversations with some of the listeners on there. Th- thank you for all of that support, because I tell you what's very clear to see at times. One of the things that's important to us, and and we hope that this comes out in our conversations, is the level of respect that we do have for people, mm-hmm. and not just people that agree with us and 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 believe in what we're saying, but also for people who have opposing opinions. And if those opinions are rooted in, in fact, I, I mean, very happy to hear opposing opinions and what that really looks like. Because another thing that we see, and this is what the beauty of, of, of posting things live and posting things on YouTube and other platforms, is we can tell when people just don't respect us at all. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's easy to until you go through that process of, of having people just make ad hominem attacks uh, about everything, like, I mean, geez, like, the way you look, the way you talk, the diet, like, everything, right? You'll, you'll see it all on there. Um, it, it makes you really have an appreciation for the mission. 
and staying focused and staying on the mission. Because I'll tell you what, I'll take all that shrapnel all day long if if I believe one person that the conversations that we have can help heal what I feel is an ailing nation right now. Mm-hmm. Can help heal what I feel is is an ailing political process where we are not getting our best who are stepping into onto the field because we've caused so much contention that there's a question as to why would you even do that? Mm-hmm. You know, we, you, you, I, when you first started running for office, there's a question oftentimes like, well, why does he want to do that? He has so much. That, that was a crazy. Doing- he has so much talent. Why would he do that? And it was crazy because, like, he has so we much think, talent that he can so be a transformational leader and help our country. You know, why wouldn't he go work on Wall Street? Like, that's, that's a crazy thought. Mm-hmm. That's a dismissive thought, and, and, and it's it's something that we need to get past as a country so that we can attract our best and brightest talent to be here and fight this war, too. Because this stuff matters, Rendon. Yeah. Like, these laws, all laws matter. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, who's in office matters. Yeah. And I always find people constantly just want to complain about how bad it is. Everybody, this is so bad. It's so contentious. Why would you want to do that? I don't want to do that. And it's always the case, like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Well, who's going to do it? Everybody is so quick to not do it. It's, it's It's like us going to West Point. I don't want to send my kid in arm's way. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to. I don't want to go to work. I don't want my kid to die. I don't want. Well, well, who's going to do it? Well, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? And I'll give you. Somebody has to do it. So you could have your Frappuccino latte at Starbucks. Yeah. Like somebody has to pay for that. Yeah. And I don't mean money. And blood. So be very careful with being so quick to. I'm going to get my scalps. (laughs) I want my scalps. Aldo Reigns. I'm going to get my scalps. Somebody's got to pay for this. Yeah. And so I think you and I kind of have a view of the world of you have to ignore a lot of the noise. You have to ignore a lot of the vitriol. You have to ignore the lost friendships. Yeah. I've, I've, I've realized they weren't my friends anyway, yeah. um, which is a good thing. I think this, this has been a very therapeutic, cathartic, cleansing thing that we've done because you find yeah. out who does support you, even if they may not agree with you, but they still love you because they respect yeah. you. Yeah. As we respect many people that we disagree with. Yeah. Many people. We aren't cancel people. We aren't that sensitive. No, sensitive. We are not. No. And what and what I hope that we can convey is that you can listen to what we're saying, at least understand where we're coming from. You may not agree with it, but you can say, eh, okay. And that passed the smell test for me. And it's imp- it's important to hear another perspective. One of the things that, that we've talked a lot about is the idea of black people in particular not being monolithic. Yeah. We just talked about that. Yeah. And this idea where I can tell you a bad situation is when all the black people are in one party mm-hmm. and there's no black people in the other party. And then the other party is making decisions that are going to affect all of those black people. And there's no representation of perspective that's had in that party. So what you're saying is that it's better off to not have a black person that's a Republican in the room. We're better off that way. That is crazy. It's nuts. We have a we have a two party system, and you're saying we don't want any black people in that in the other room and to, it's, inf- to influence anything. 
And it's pretty much 50-50 in this country, right? Oh, yeah. You look at the, it's why elections keep flipping back and forth and Congress keeps flipping back and forth and the Senate keeps flipping back and forth. Yeah. It's about 50-50 in this country. So I would even say, as black Americans, are we really comfortable with not being part of half of the conversations that affect the leadership in our country? If your answer to that is yes, you're wrong. Flat out. Sorry. I'm sorry. And we are big on just saying you're wrong. If the answer is you don't want any kind of representation that is that half the population decides how this country <coughs> is going to go, and you don't want anybody in that room that has black skin, that has lived their lives from a black perspective, you don't want anybody in the room because you don't agree with the politics of it, you're wrong. Yeah. That's on you. And we are not monolithic. We need people of all walks of life a part of both parties. Yes. Yes. And as a part of the conversations and adding diversity of perspective in those places. Exactly. Because both are powerful. Yes. Both are powerful. And that's the system that we're in. Yes. And it's important that we have those perspectives. And I and it's this is part of these conversations that we continuously have is we have what we feel and, and many others feel is a valuable perspective because we have not allowed ourselves to be put in a box from a beliefs perspective. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that everything we believe is right or wrong. It's not an issue of whether things that we believe are right or wrong. It's we have decided to stand for certain ideals. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that we'll agree every time with, with the red team or the blue team, which is really ridiculous to say. I mean, we sound like Power Rangers. <laughs> It's ridiculous. We, no, we, uh, no person agrees 100% with everybody in a party. Yeah. That, that, is, that expectation is just flat out unrealistic. Yes, you have to choose sides. And yes, you have to think, well, you know, wh which, one, which issues are most important to me? Well, this is who I'm going to tie my allegiance to. That's why we have a two-party system. So I'm not, I understand why. Yeah, yeah. But no single person agrees with everything of the party. If you do. You're not thinking or they're not You're thinking. not thinking you're not a part of the problem. Yeah. If you're in a room that everybody agrees, then nobody's thinking. You know, I, I had I was telling you this this story earlier today. My my barber Kamal, who is who is a great guy and a great barber, he's the reason why I look so fresh and so clean on every single one of these. So episodes. fresh and so clean, clean. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, Kamal said something to me a couple of weeks ago, and uh, and he had posted it on Instagram. And he was talking about the type of hair. Kamal's a, a black barber. He's from New York. Uh, moved down to Houston when he was younger. And he was talking about having a diverse barbershop because that was always his vision. And that's how it is in the barbershop. I mean, he has mostly black barbers, but Hispanic barbers, white barbers. Like, it, it, it's really cool to see the collection of people that he's brought together. And he had made a comment about if you don't cut all kinds of hair, you're part of the problem. Yeah. And I thought that was so profound coming from a barber's perspective. It is. Like, if you don't have a place of work where people of all different races and creeds can come in and come together, then you're part of the problem. Yeah. And that was one of the most profound things that, that, that I've heard in quite some, in quite some time. Mm -hmm. Because it's idea of figure out how to affect change where you are. Mm -hmm. 
you don't have to seek out and find some other place to affect change. You can do it right here. The barber doesn't have to say, oh, when I go to church, then I'll be able to affect change. Right, or when I right go here. No, nah, man. Like, he has put that mentality in his own barbershop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He affects change where he is. So speaking of barbers, like, I, I love my barbershop, too. Yeah. And, again, I, I go to a black barbershop. I'm black. Okay. Okay. But you're a Republican. <laughs> so that means I'm not black? <laughs> According to the Congressional Black Black Caucus, Caucus no. <laughs> <laughs> according to the Congressional Black and Democratic Caucus, according, no. According, according, according to, uh, to Joe Cronville Biden, apparently not. No, you're not. I guess no. not, right? Yeah. Go figure. Uh, I love going in there. It is. I. It is because because it's, it's it's a perspective, particularly me being around predominantly white people in the party. It's a perspective to Wait, walk. The Republican Party is predominantly white. They can change that whenever they want to, if they want to identify as something else. <laughs> and the reason I say that tongue in cheek is is because. We have these conversations all the time. And once again, we try to have as many open conversations as we can. And people will ask me all the time uh, questions as if I can't identify the situation that I'm in. Yes. Yes. It's always fun. Isn't that funny? There's not a lot of diversity in the Republican Party. You don't say. Well, <laughs> and in other words, the sky is blue. That's, that's the opportunity. There's an opportunity to have broader and more diverse conversations, not run away from the opportunity to make it better. Exactly. But anyways, I'm sorry I, I interrupted you. No, exactly. Going no, into no. your barbershop. No, you're right. No, you're right. And I, and I love it because there's always different perspectives. My barbership's probably better than yours. Let's just start a rivalry here. <laughs> my ball face my ball face looking pretty good if you ask me, man. I don't Mine is know. three days old. So you, oh, you know, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> three day old fade. If you was so good, your three day old fade would be as good as my one day old fade. Oh. Um, but we get to have I get to hear perspectives and hear different hear get to hear people from different backgrounds and it's always such an interesting banter. What I love the most about it is this. I walk in there, they know I'm a Republican, they know I've run for office, yeah. and I get to sit down and I walk in, they fire away. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. Because they're following what's going on. They're seeing what's going on. You know what a question I got I got the other day by by, by one of the guys in there. By the way, I love these dudes, by the way. Mm-hmm. They are they are the best. Um, I, I know go, the question you got. You need a razor line? <laughs> C. <laughs> yes. Is there any other kind? <laughs> that's really that's really what I would say. He said he walked in. Should I just line you with the clippers? No. Do you want to get a tip? <laughs> <laughs> go somewhere else <laughs> you can find a razor somewhere here <laughs> um yeah i walked in he asked me he goes you know so i see this asian hate stuff that popped up here in the last couple of weeks hmm. and the asian bill got passed a couple of weeks ago what about our bill he goes democrats they have they have the house 
They got the Senate and they got the presidents and they got the presidency, and they can't get this passed for us. Hmm. We can't get a crime bill passed after all we've seen this past year. Hmm. But they could be an anti-Asian hate bill already. Hmm. Nah, I have nothing. I have nothing to say to this. I said that's a good. That's a good point. Let's talk about that. Let's. These are kind of perspectives that you see that I would have never. I didn't really like. I would have never gotten, but you're getting it from the barbershop. And so for those people who don't know, you know, the barbershop is literally, it, 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 it's literally just a, it, it's a, it's a haven. <clears throat> yeah. It's a haven. It's a place to go where you're going to get a little loud. You might hear a bad word every now and again, but it's brute honesty. Yeah. It's brute honesty. There are no masks. There are, we, we don't, they don't pull punches. You got a question? Unless there's COVID, then there's masks. Go ahead. Not getting into that. <laughs> <laughs> saying. I'm just throwing it out there. Now there's anything wrong with it. Wait, wait, wait. wait. No, it's okay. It's, wait, I'm wait, not wait, saying wait, that. Yeah. I just think you wear a mask. Some of my mask. best friends wear masks. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> not my best friends. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. It's hey, a joke. Hey, hey, it's a joke. We'll identify somebody who wears a mask. I do. So. <laughs> Where's your mask? I I identify as somebody right now who's in wearing the soul, a mask. In, the in my core, soul, I wear a mask. So that counts, right? Yeah. Um, but literally, it's just brute honesty, and and I love it. And it's like no other place on the planet. The barbershop is like no other place on the planet. Yeah. And what I've also realized is that regardless of political party and affiliation, if there's respect, there's just respect. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And you can imagine, of course, for the past couple of years, I've had to answer some questions that I probably didn't want yeah. to. Yeah. But they asked them, by the way, yeah. without, without, without question. Yeah. And I always give them an honest answer. Yeah. I think we need places like that. We really do. And what I hope that our listeners get is that they can That's view the this. way that Congress used to be, apparently. Apparently. I don't know what happened. Yeah. That's the way it used to be. That's the way it used to be. Yeah. I hope people can view our show as a barbershop. We're not going to pull any punches. We're going to shoot you straight. We're going to answer We're, we're going to answer tough questions. We're going to tackle difficult issues. Yeah. And we're going to give you the kind of perspective that, that given our lives, given what we've seen, and given our education, we've put something together yeah. that... You may not agree with, but you can at least comprehend and understand. Absolutely. And, and, and we've, we've listened from the standpoint of the feedback of what people want to hear more of. And, and it's funny being 20 episodes in, we intend to continue to listen to the pulse and feedback of what people want to hear more of and the questions that they have and the perspectives that they would like to hear. And, and that's important to us because if we're not willing to have a voice, we're not willing to, to stand up and talk about these things. Uh, then that perspective will be lost, yeah. and that's unfortunate. And I wouldn't just say that about people who agree with us and people who are, who are like us and have our backgrounds. I say that for for anybody. Yeah. Like if you want to have your voice heard, like we're in a place where where we have megaphones in this day and age that could have never been fathomed a century ago. Mm-hmm. A century ago, ten years ago, ten years a decade ago. ago, ten years ago. Yes, right. And so with that, rather than 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 prodding at people and poking at them and 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 taking the time that it takes to demean them when they use their megaphone, get yours out too. And make sure it's a good megaphone. I think yeah, there's a lot of megaphones out there of people just spewing, <laughs> of just spewing yeah. hate or just or just 
you know, not necessarily taking a taking a rational, understandable, understandable approach to a lot of things. Sure. Yeah, I mean, this, it is pretty clear how we lean. Yeah. I, I think I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, but I always hearken back to the idea of us talking about things with with layers, with complexity, with depth. Yeah. These aren't just these aren't just Republican talking points. Yeah. Here's the thought process behind how we got here. And by the way, if something comes up in the party that we don't agree with, I'd be more than happy to talk about that as I'll well. T- I'll call it out. Yeah, I'm not anti that. I'll call it out. I'm not anti that. I, I'm, I don't mind talking about that. I don't mind. I don't. I think somebody said. I think somebody you know reached out to me. and goes, "Well, you only talk down on Joe Biden, and you only well, well we're we're talking about topical issues right now that are currently in the news right now. Yeah, this is what we're seeing. Yeah. So we're talking about it. Yeah. Now we just started this podcast when. Democrat Party had the House, the Senate, and the and the presidency. Yes. So that's a lot of relevant issues that are happening. So that that that's that's why yeah. we're taking these stances. Yeah, and 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 we are not afraid to say things that have been done in a way that we feel are correct and appropriate, as yes. well as things that we feel are being done in a substandard way. That's all. And when you say you know where we lean, were you saying lean back, uh, lean back? Come on, lean, lean back. Come on. Lean back. back. Uh, that's right, my Bidens no, don't dance. I, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> I would say too soon, but that, that one doesn't have a statute of limitations. So By the way, <laughs> I thought that was cool. I was so proud of myself. That, right? that one doesn't have it. That was really funny. That one doesn't have a statute of limitations. <laughs> I said my hunters don't dance. We uh, just pull up our hands. Uh, do, do the, the rock uh, work. Come uh, on, Ali. Come on, Ali. <laughs> Well, Curtis, you're gonna love this. You're gonna love this. Is one of my, this is my favorite stories of all time. I'm in the airport. This is many years ago. I'm in Atlanta. I'm at the Chili's in the Atlanta airport. I'm having a salad. It's, it's <laughs> shocking. I'm eating a salad. I was about to say because if you went to Chili's and got anything else after that, you're in the Chili's in Atlanta bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> They'll call it Chili's for nothing. <laughs> Right, <laughs> so I sit down. I have my headphones in. I'm by myself. I'm in Atlanta Airport for for a layover, and I look over and in walks Terror Squad. No, in walks Fat Joe and his posse. Okay, and they go and they go sit in the back of the table. And this is when that song was like, wow. Was, this is when that song was everything. And I'm like, yo, Fat Joe. This just that's that's Fat Joe. And by the way, he's rolling like like like. 30 deep. This is why these guys don't have any money. <laughs> because, <laughs> dude, you really don't need like one or two other people, like, or like your family. It's also weird when you have a, a name where the moniker in front is insulting. So when you see him, or you're just like, hey, slightly overweight Joe. Oh, no, he owns that. <laughs> yeah. He owns that. It's Takes like big punt. This is how they advertise. He, yeah. I'm Fat Joe. This, yeah. He's proud of this, dude. No, no, no. So he was going to Chili's and ordering a lot of food. <laughs> he was ordering a lot of food. <laughs> he was he was not having the salad. I think he's it. lost some weight, by the way. He lost a lot of weight. But but back then, false advertising. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like you that. You can't go by Skinny Joe. It's no, fat. No, You're fat. Yeah, keep yeah, eating Fat yeah. Joe. Daddy Kong plays. I Kong play. I'm Kong. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't Kong keep, play. Keep eating Fat Joe. Yeah. So he's in the back, and this is the this is the, one of the coolest moments I've ever seen. So so a group of women walk in and they get seated, and they are like literally like like two tables away from Fat Joe, <laughs> and one of the women looks up and she loses her mind. Okay, Fat Joe, 
And he's just sitting there kind of waiting, try, trying to be cool. And she goes, yeah, this right my Don't dance. We just pull up a pants and do the rock away. <laughs> that Joe stands up and goes, I lean back. Come on. Did I he lean- really? Yes. He stood up and did the whole dance, took a picture with her, and I was like, that's awesome. And I got I gained a lot of respect for that. That's Fat awesome. Cause, Cause you know he has to deal with this all the time. All the time. All he wants to do is sit there and eat his whatever he was getting at whatever he was getting at chilies, chilies. in the airport. And literally he was so cool about it. Yeah, it's like it's like that quote, the only thing worse than having a hit song is having a hit song. Right. Right. Yeah. Um and I I, I love stuff like that. Right? And I and I love stuff like that because this is something that we touch on quite a bit, and this is even you know what what we aspire to do. It's the shadow you cast on culture as a whole. Mm-hmm. This guy recognizes the shadow that he caught that he casts on people, and that lady does that, and he realizes that he has a moment yeah. to really, really, really make her day, make her year, make and her he month. Did. Hell, she's probably still telling that story. He did. I'm telling the story. That that, that reminds Think me. About it. I'm telling the story right yeah. now. This happened. And you had to admit that you went to Chili's. <laughs> In Atlanta, <laughs> <laughs> you know that that reminds me of of a story about about George W. Bush, uh-huh. and the White House Fellows class a couple years ahead of us. They had a, a very candid sit down conversation with George W. Bush, and they asked him, "What is the best part about being president?" Which is a really profound answer to a question to ask the leader of the free world. Do you know what he said? And this, this is, given the man who he is, this is not going to be surprising to you. He said, you know, sometimes when we're riding around in the beast, which is the big armored car, mm-hmm. it's like sometimes you'll be rolling around and you'll see a kid that has a lemonade stand. It's like, and the best part about being president of the United States as I can pull my motorcade up to that lemonade stand. Are you serious? He said this. I can walk out. He said this. And I can buy a cup of lemonade from that person, from that kid, and they'll remember that for the rest of their lives. That might be one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Yeah. <coughs> so understanding the the shadow that you cast on people. Yeah. And and even for us, the so much of the feedback that we've gotten, the the words that we've gotten from people from the standpoint of, Hey, it made my day to hear this story or yeah. it made my day to like, like, you know, people that we reference who have touched our lives. Yeah. Like really understanding the shadow that, that, that we have the potential of casting. I'll, I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one. Instead of talking about celebrities, I'll give you another one. This is really cool. <coughs> this is really cool with me. So good, a good buddy of ours, Jeremy, mm-hmm. and one of my best friends, obviously he, I was in grad school, and, and we, he was kind of on this basketball tour thing for a little while. He wanted to go to basketball stadiums all over the country. Mm-hmm. And I was in grad school. He calls me up. He's like, hey, do you, you, you want to wanna go to Toronto to go see the Rockets versus uh, the Raptors? And I said, yes. <laughs> there's only, there's there's only, only one answer there. for that. There's only one answer to that. Yes. I said, actually, it's Stone Cold. Can I get a hell yeah? Can, can I get a hell can yeah? Can I get a hell yeah? Because <laughs> Stone Cold I start, I start said so. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just cracking here. Can, can I get a hell yeah? Absolutely, yeah. can I go? And so we go, 
Now, for those people who don't know, Drake sits courtside at almost every home Toronto's game, and he has his own spot right next to the team because this this it's Drizzy City. That's basically yeah. what it's called. It's Drake City, yeah. and. He's also a huge Rockets fan. He's also a huge James Harden fan. He is also a huge Houston fan. Yeah. I listen to a lot of Drake. He talks, he raps about Houston, talks about Houston all the time. Katie, Texas. He, he, oh, it's crazy. Throws out Katie. Throws out Katie, throws out Houston. Shout out to the birds. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He, what did he say? He said, Houston's my second home, just like I'm James Harden. I mean, yeah. I mean, he is, he loves Houston. Yeah. So you could imagine he's conflicted. At a game, this is back when Harden played for the Rockets. He's conflicted to be at a game because you know he loves Toronto, but but his but his second city is there. But he recognizes that Houston is the greatest city in the United States. He knows it. He knows it. Houston is he and Fifty. That's why they're here. Houston is the best player on the best team all the time, all day, every day. Right, right. It's the best city. Welcome to Houston. In the best country. Welcome to Houston. H town, baby. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Okay. So, Scrooston. So <laughs> there you go. Oh, we'll get on that all yeah. day. So Jeremy and I go to the Jeremy and I go to the game and and, and we got we got some pretty good tickets. And literally like right across the court, sweat just going on <laughs> you from players. Literally, literally right across <laughs> so literally like across the court. You smell the musk. You could see Drake. Okay. Yeah. You could see Drake. So we're sitting there, we're sitting courtside. <laughs> Jeremy has on a Rockets jersey or something. I have on like a Houston hat. And James Harden, we're losing, and then at the end, and about midway through the, through, the, through the fourth quarter, James Harden goes off. Yeah, he just he gets into one of his like one of his Rain Man yeah. basketball. And he just just yeah. like counting toothpicks. Okay, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is he just loses yeah. it. Okay, and as he's losing it, laughing in the bathtub. We're sitting, yeah, <laughs> we're sitting there, we're sitting there courtside. We're we're losing it. As they're losing it, okay? Like, we're losing it. James Harden, we're – so you could hear us yelling, and the entire stadium is silent, okay? And Drake is just sitting there with his head down like, I mean, we had this game, but Harden is, Harden is doing what Harden used to do for us. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and at one point, Harden hits a three, ices the game, and the game is over. We jump up. Yeah! We, Jeremy and I give each other high fives. We're loud and obnoxious. I may or may not have had a few cocktails by this time. It could have been a part of the equation. May or may not have a few cocktails by this time. And we look over at Drake. Drake looks over at us. He does the Drake nod. <laughs> Gives us a little clap. And a, and, a, and, a, and a little salute. I look at Jeremy I'm like... You just see Drake. He knows it. He, he knows, knows it. it. You turn it to like, turn to a like wrestling Steven, announcer. I feel like Stephen A. Did you just see Drake? Did you see him? He just do see Drake. He gave us the nod. The nod. He gave us the nod. The nod. It, it was no, no. I'm telling the story, and I'm not gassing you up. This is exactly what happened. Yeah. And then literally after after the war, he like looked at us, pointed up, and then he pointed at us, and like and like walked out, right? I'll never forget that. Yeah. I'll never forget that moment. Yeah. And the reason why I'll never forget it is because Drake, it's just one of those things to where he took even a second to yeah. just acknowledge that I like the Rockets too. Yeah. My team lost, but congratulations on, yeah. on, on your team's win. Yeah. It was it was so neat. It's cool. It, little, it's, it's, it's such it's a so things, small. It's the little things in life. Yeah. It's the little things that that can completely add up. That's that's really cool. Yeah. 
That's really so cool. I think I think the moral of the story so it's is better when we win too. Way better. Yeah. It's, it's way better than winning when you're in a you're at a away game. Yeah. It's way better. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's just way better. Yeah, it is. Otherwise, you're just the obnoxious fan. So I think the whole the whole point is is that be the be the person that literally no matter what, take the little extra time. It might seem annoying. It might seem a lot. Yeah. But but just like take the time. Yeah. Because you you don't know how that might impact somebody's life later on. Oh man, the butterfly effect is huge. Always. I mean, I I, I know I re, I remember, uh, you know, people over the course of of my life who have said and done things that seemed very inconsequential or small to them that I will never forget. Yeah. That I will never forget. Drake has no idea that he did that. Yeah. But I never... F- and it didn't cost anything for him to be kind. No. I remember there was a, a, a friend of mine on uh, on my first ship, the USS Preble, and when I had my epic breakup that I talked about in another, yeah. in another episode. Yeah. We'll call that breakup November rain. Loser. Yeah, loser. <laughs> uh, when I had go that way, <laughs> loser. loser. Back to Fat Joe. Good job. See yeah. <laughs> Big pun V of Fat Big Joe. Big pun V of Fat Joe. Yeah. Go that way. You can catch me in the tower of one hundred and fifty. Yeah, such a good song. <laughs> it is so hard I'm trying to live. <laughs> <laughs> Like pun, <laughs> it is so. I just lost hundred pounds. I'm running late. I'm late. <laughs> Get your own, you heard? Get your own. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, so go that way, loser. Uh, it was after after that that breakup when I got dumped. And there was a, an officer on my ship. Her name is uh, Miley Ewan. And it was really weird because, like, I didn't really – I mean, I, I knew her on the ship and stuff, but I didn't really, like, have a relationship with her or anything from the perspective. We didn't talk a lot or anything. And I was walking down the pier, and I was in a pretty bad place, and she just walked up to me and had a conversation. was like, hey, man, it's going to be all right. Yeah. And, I, and I, like, that little thing at that moment, then I got back to my stateroom, my buddy Sean Richard. Uh, we called him Richard. It's really Richard. Uh, and we called him Shipmate Sean because he was just the quintessential naval officer. He's just a, a, a great shipmate. And I remember getting back to the room, and he's like, yeah, man, it's going to be okay. And he invited me to have dinner with he and his wife, Des, and yeah. and, and, and we hung out. And and then when it, you left, they were like, what a loser. <laughs> <laughs> that guy sucks. We should have him come over to dinner so you can laugh at him. I know, right? <laughs> Dude, get over it. <laughs> dinner for schmucks. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, people have yeah. done. You just never know what that extra call, that extra text, that extra pat on the back. Mm-hmm. You know what that what that's going to mean to to people more broadly. Yeah. I was in a restaurant, um, and this was was pre COVID, so it wasn't as weird. Uh, we were we were at, I was at a Mexican restaurant with my my in laws and my wife and family. And there was a lady who was a couple of, of seats over from us, and she was talking to her friend, and this lady was just bawling, right? So she, clearly something was going on in, in her life. I don't know what it was, but something was going on in her life, right? And I walked to the bathroom, and I had walked by her, and I walked back a second time, and I just walked over to her, and I just gave her a hug. 
I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I feel like you need this. Clearly things are going on in your life, but hey, hang in there. Hang in there. It's I'm gonna, giving you a hug. I got on tight pants. It's, <laughs> it's going to be okay. Imagine how I feel. Hi. <laughs> uh, yeah. I got to squeeze into these you, things you, you every think, day. You think your day is hard? I got to figure out how to get these pants off. <laughs> Without scissors. <laughs> and, and it was one of those things where... I'll never, I'll never forget because my kids watched me as I walked over, and my in-laws said, "Did you know that lady?" I was like, "No, I don't know her." Right. Um, and my, and, and my son always has a a way of of asking, and, and you've heard me say this before. He'll ask because I say brother a lot, the Southern Baptist that comes out of me. Hey, brother, say, is that your brother? Is that your sister? And 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 I had walked back, and he he said, he said do, "Do you know her?" I was like, "No, I don't know her." He's like, "Well, who is she?" I said, "She, that's my sister." Like, what does that mean? Like, we have an opportunity to make people's lives better. We have an opportunity to connect more broadly. Was right, like, well, you're like, that's my sister. And right was like, but she's not black. And you were like, she identifies as such. <laughs> I never said she wasn't black. <laughs> I knew she was. <laughs> you said sister, not sister. Sister, ah. Uh, <laughs> but she identifies. It's like a Rachel Dolezal uh, type, type of person. She's the you best. Really sure? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. she she's put some product in her hair. You weren't yeah. really sure. You mean Leslie Watkins? Ah, it's <laughs> <laughs> my sister-in-law, who's, aka Rachel Dolezal, <laughs> who's forty, who's who's forty-nine uh, percent black, uh, according to Ancestry. Forty-nine. That's generous. It's forty-seven. It was forty-seven. Oh yeah, because it's it's uh it's Leslie forty-seven percent. Oh, in your phone. Watkins in my phone. So I know exactly <laughs> yeah, what it is. Exactly. <laughs> Got gotcha, you, Lala. <laughs> This but, is gonna see. This is gonna be seen by thousands. You yes. can't get me back. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Tag, you're yeah. it. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 one of those things where you know you just do have an opportunity to to touch people's lives and to to share who you are and share your story. And I think if we've seen anything during COVID times, we've seen that that there is there are going to be repercussions for the lack of connectivity that we've had as a people. Yeah. And I, I hope that, that we can play at least some part in helping to make people feel more connected yeah. um, to help us have a, a stronger identity as a, as a country, really. And I'm going to wrap it up with this because it's something that I would have never expected. Bacon? From one of the from, – from, yeah, right. If you grab anything in bacon, it's good. <laughs> from, 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 one, from one of the more polarizing figures in, in American political history, Donald John Trump. Mm-hmm. And – this is this is a story that I, that I should never forget because I don't think a lot of people would ever assume that this would happen, but it happened to me. Hmm. So I'm gonna tell you this story. Yeah. After I won the primary, three or four days later, I got a call. It was about eight o'clock in the morning, and it was a DC number. So every time I see a DC number pop up on my phone, I always answer it. Yeah. I answer the phone, and a it's woman. Funny, I, I never answer it because then I wonder what my taxes are gonna. Well, I know exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Woman answer, Woman answers the phone, and woman answers the phone and goes, "This is Wesley Hunt. I say, this is Wesley speaking. He goes, "Please hold for the. This is the White House. Well, please hold for the president." I said, "Excuse me," because yeah. I had I didn't expect this call. I had no idea this was coming. Yeah. He goes, "Please hold for the president." I said, "The president 
Yes, yes. Oh, well, I'm sorry. President Trump is waiting to speak to you on, on the on, on the oh, yeah on the other line. Do, do you do you have do you have time? Um. Tell him to get me back in 45. Uh, right, right. <laughs> so, man, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I'm like, the president of the United States is calling me right now. Yeah. By the way, I don't care how you feel yeah. about the the president of the United States is calling. It's calling my cell phone. Yeah, it's crazy. That, that, that's crazy. That, that's absolutely crazy. Where did you get this number? I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Liam Neeson. <laughs> I have a special set of skills. I'm going to find you. <laughs> right. Do you have time to talk to? Yeah, I can talk to the president, but. Where did y'all get this number? Get number. <laughs> I didn't get this. This is the list. This is the listed phone number. And and so I'm sitting there pacing around because I'm sitting there with like my robe on. I feel like if I'm going to talk to the president of the United States, I got to put a suit on. I got to put a tie even on. If it. nobody sees it, some socks. Or even if nobody's there, I got to put on a tie or something. Uh, so he gets on the phone. He's like, "Congratulations, how are you doing? You do on your win." <laughs> Congratulations, Wesley. That's kind of like a Bill Clinton. Yeah, well, yeah you, whoa, 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 I don't know what happened. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, hey, they they mix a little a bit. Bill Clinton Trump accent. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll leave the accent out. He's like, congrats, congratulations. He goes, congratulations. When Wesley. you called me and told me about it, you were spot on. <laughs> congratulations, congratulations. Is this Wesley? He goes, congratulations on your congratulations on your win. And I said, thank you, Mr. President. Really appreciate you call, taking time to call me. Yeah. You don't have to do that. I mean, come on. Like, you don't have to make this point. I was like, congratulations. Here, you're a great guy. I, I, I know you're a great guy. And then he says this. Did you hear what I did? I said, what'd you do, sir? He said, I went 20 for 20. Everybody I endorsed won. <laughs> okay. So at this point, I'm dying laughing, right? <laughs> you're trying to hold it I had to move because I was like, this is so great. President Trump is calling me, and then he's like, "Did you?" He's bragging you at twenty for twenty. Did you hear what I did? <laughs> See that drive? That's three hundred yards. Then he goes. Then he, then, he go, then he goes. Wesley, I knew you're a winner. You're a winner, just like me. <laughs> so I'm just like that. At this point, I'm like, this is the greatest conversation. Like, is this, this Alec Baldwin for Saturday Night Live? No, this is this is classic. And then here's what happens. He then asked about the family, hmm. asked how I was doing. Ask. He literally just want, he he just started talking, you know, talking about the good things and about the party and how he could be helpful and this that yeah. and the third. And like I said, I don't care how you feel about. It. I'm like, this was a moment to where I'm like, I am talking to the president of the free world, and he's asking about my family and how we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty neat. That's special. I'll never forget that. Yeah. I'll never forget that. It's a phone call. It lasted 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. The message here is this. Make the phone call. Yeah. Even if it's 10 or 15 minutes. You don't know whose life you might influence. And no, you don't have to be the president of the United States. And you never stand to lose anything by making the call. No. By reaching out. That's all. It's that's, free. That's, 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 it's free. It's free. All it costs is time. It's a free call. Yeah. So, well, take us out. All right. And remember, smiles are contagious, so make someone's day. God bless you. <laughs>